Ducks fans. Are you ready? You are listening to the Ducks and Pucks podcast with your hosts, Mike Walters and Eddie Jones. This is the number one home for Anaheim Ducks talk and analysis. Here we go. Welcome to the show. It's your host, Mike Walters, along with my co-host, Eddie Jones. And we have a special show with, uh, today with uh, Tamu Solani coming on in a little bit. Um, we're going to talk about some of the action uh, revolving around the Ducks this last week. Uh, Ricard Raquel is now going to be in the World Cup. Uh, we'll talk about Berment a little bit more, as we did on the last show. And we'll also talk about how the Ducks did in the J.D. Power rankings, as well as Ducks and Angels Night at uh, Angel Stadium. But uh, with us now is going to be Tamu Solani. He's going to talk to us about the Fedoran Cup and more. And welcome on the show. Thanks for coming on, Tamu. Anytime, guys. So, so Tamu, what's uh, what's going on? You know, I mean, I, I know you've been retired and it's summertime, and you know, you've been golfing and doing other things. Uh, what have you been up to lately? Well, actually, I just came back from Finland. We were there two months, and uh, I run my uh, couple of hockey schools there for a little bit. And uh, and actually, I'm going back pretty soon too. I'm going to be part of the Finnish uh, ice hockey team with the. Uh, for the World Cup, so that's gonna keep me busy for next month, month or so. And I think overall it's gonna be a good time to get back to the hockey league a bit uh, after three years, pretty much taking the time off. Yeah, I noticed that. I mean, uh, you, you know, we uh, saw you at the Fedoran Cup uh, yesterday. That was a lot of fun. That um, you know, you're back out there on the ice. How did that feel? Because I, I think you tweeted out it. It's been since uh, you know that series, <laughs> that series against the Kings. <laughs> Yeah, actually, that was the first time when I had a gear on since that uh, game seven against, against the Kings. So that's a little weird. I have been on the ice maybe ten times total in the two years, but it's more a coaching, coaching. So I haven't really been skating much, but that felt pretty good actually, and uh, it was a lot of fun. And every time we can play hockey and, uh, and for any kind of charities, it's it's a big thing for me too. Yeah, and you see, I mean, you seem to have fun. You, you scored a couple of uh, goals out there. Uh, you almost had a hat trick. Uh, you had the camera on as well. I mean, you, you just seem to have a blast out there. Absolutely. I, I kind of missed that a little bit, you know. And it would be nice to play some kind of uh, games here, too, for just for fun. But, you know, normally the ice time is like 11 o'clock at, at night or 6 in the morning. You know, I don't think that's that's for me right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I was laughing too at the end when uh, you you tried to you know get that shootout goal and then you ran into the the goalie and uh, you know uh, explain what happened there. It seemed like you were pulling a Corey Perry move there at the end. <laughs> yeah, I tried to do a little, a little different different stuff and uh, you know the goalie goalie got I think he was a little lucky too, but you know it's all about good humor and a lot of fun. So. Uh, but it was fun to see all my old teammates, and uh, you know I haven't seen those guys for a while, so it was a really nice reunion for us too. All right, uh, you know the the alumni games coming up uh, in October on the twenty second, and obviously you're going to be there, and and you know some of the Oilers greats are going to be there too. Are you, are you looking forward to to that game that's coming up in October? Oh, absolutely. Anytime when I have a chance to go back to Winnipeg, it, it's very very special for me, and uh, obviously now playing. Uh, Playing outdoor game against the Oilers, they're going to have a great lineup: Tretzky and Jerry uh, and Messier and those guys, and you're going to have a Hover truck and, and other guys. So it's going to be a obviously great experience, and uh, I think I have to skate a couple more times before I <laughs> <laughs> I go there. So <laughs> so it's going to work nice, but you know I, I really look forward to go there. 
Yeah, and, and you know, with the uh, the new jerseys, obviously you've seen them. Uh, you know, do you know what number you're gonna wear yet? Are you gonna go with eight? Are you gonna go with thirteen? Do you know for sure? I haven't. I haven't talked about that, but I hope thirteen. I think yeah, the best memories from there is when I was thirteen. So uh, hopefully that's available. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm, I'm sure they'll. I'm sure they'll make it available if it's not. So. <laughs> 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 and hopefully, you know, if uh, Randy Carlo is going to come back, you know, I don't know if he can, you know, obviously it's uh, during the season, but he he could uh, he could have number eight. So. And, uh, you know, the draft just went by. We saw, you know, Patrick Laine go number two. We saw Jesse Pugliarvi go number four. And we saw Uli Ulevi go number five. You know, just how big is it for, for Finnish hockey to see, you know, those guys, all three of those guys go in the top five and, and to have some next uh, some guys next year who are going to go in the top five as well? You know, it's just huge for Finnish hockey. And, uh, you know, the, the program in Finland is so good right now. And obviously, like, maybe six, seven years ago, we start to, pretty much the new program about it's all about individual skills and uh, and try to get better individually and, and after that everything's gonna you know be easier to build the good teams and uh, so we, we, we're gonna have a great future for a long time there's a lot of like you said a lot of young more young guys coming up and uh, and anytime when you see three four guys I think it was four guys uh, went to the first round so it gives a lot of confidence for the younger generation and uh, and believe that they can do it too. So uh, all the teams back home, they take a lot of pride to do a good job. So uh, I'll be very proud of that. Do you think uh, Patrick Lina is going to be the, the guy who can, you know, kind of carry the, the torch that you left behind uh, as the finished flash in, in Winnipeg? <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's going to do He's going to be great. I mean, it's a lot of pressure. <laughs> To, to go go there after my my rookie <laughs> season, but uh, long as he doesn't think about that too much, yeah, and uh, he can just play his own game. He has a he's a big boy. He can shoot. He can play physical. He's uh he's gonna uh, get a great impact right away. And obviously he's, he's gonna have a chance to play with the top players right away. So uh, I think the expectations are very high there, and uh, hopefully he can stay healthy too. You know that's what it takes to. To have success, you know, you need to you need to have a lot of luck too. You know, you, you talk about making an impact, Tamu. Uh, what's next for you as far as in the world of hockey? I know you talked about going back to Finland and doing everything there, but as far as the NHL, is there any you know aspirations? I mean, you know, I, I get questions a lot of times about maybe you trying to coach or do something else. Is there anything like that maybe uh, that you could talk about or you think about for the future? Well, I, like I said, I think it's time to take a little bit. Uh, Next step to the back to hockey again, mm-hmm. uh, but not too much. You know, I think the coaching is just a, you know it's a full commitment, and uh, you know you spend more time in the rink than as a player. So if you want to do that, you know you have to be ready for that. And I don't think I'm I'm ready for that, but uh, but maybe something like uh, I think I could be a part part time and like every time when the team is home, I could be some you know the coordinator for the power play or something. I haven't really think about that too much, but I, I think I'm you know, my mindset is that I, I can take the next step uh, and get get back to closer to the hockey right now. But uh, but this is actually a great kickoff for me to go with the Finnish national team to World Cup, and it's about one month uh, adventure. So uh, let's see how much I enjoy that and go from there.
and see what happens next. Sounds good. You know, uh, talking about the Ducks a little bit, uh, obviously some changes in the offseason and whatnot. Uh, what do you think about uh, Randy Carlisle coming back? You know, you played for him before. Uh, what do you think how he's going to do with the uh, Ducks a second time around? I think he's going to be great. Actually, I was very happy to hear that because I think, you know, first of all, he's a winner, you know, and he knows how, uh, how to handle these players, especially with uh, with the big boys, Getty and Perry and, he can really motivate those guys really well, and uh, and same hand, you know. I, there's only few guys from that team that uh, who won the cup and the time when he was here. So I think he can bring a lot of new new elements for the for the that hockey team here. And uh, you know, it's uh, it's gonna be tough for the players and fair. You know, I think that's what it, what it takes. You know, and uh, I really believe that they're gonna have a crazy year this this year. Yeah, that, that was actually leading into my next question. You know, they lost some players and whatnot, and uh, some people have even asked, uh, you know, is, are you going to come back too? And that's that's what some people have asked. And I said, I said, you know, I, I don't, I don't know. I, I I go, I think he's pretty happy in retirement, doing what he's doing now with Finland, and you know, hitting the golf course and all the the other things that have to offer. Uh, uh, I'm thinking that's what uh, how you feel right now, right, Tamu? Yeah, absolutely. You know, the last two years I've been really enjoying. This lifestyle and uh, I'm very active. I play a lot of tennis, a lot of golf. Uh, we're traveling. We have four kids that keep us busy. So it's actually really nice to live the life now that there's no uh, everyday commitments. There's no schedule. So I've really I've been enjoying this time. And uh, and um, but I think you know, like I said, you know, it's time to take uh, next step. And uh, uh, but you know, I haven't really missed the games that much. You know, and again, like I played first time. Yesterday and today, I was a little sore, so <laughs> there's a reason why I don't play anymore. <laughs> uh, well, you looked good out there. I mean, you were really, you know, moving out there, and uh, those couple of breakaway chances you had, you, I mean, I mean, the one you snowed the goalie and it didn't go in, but the other ones, you were able to get them in there. You looked, you looked like, uh, you know, you hadn't uh, missed too much, in my opinion. You know, I think it would take two, three weeks. I'm still in really good shape uh, because of the tennis, but... Uh, you know, I'm very happy right now, and I, I think I retired in the perfect time, and uh, now I can just uh, watch and laugh, you know. So that's a good, good program. <laughs> yeah, and, and you know, we and uh, we hope to see uh, your kids come up too as well. I mean, they've been both, uh, you know, both your oldest boys doing really well. It seems like uh, it'd be interesting to see them, you know, obviously progress just like you did. Yeah, it's 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 very interesting too, and my especially my middle one, he's now in Wisconsin to play the USHL league, and um, uh, obviously a lot of work and a lot of pressure too. But you know, they they seem to enjoy that. Then you know, it's, that's always nice to see, and uh, uh, so it's gonna be interesting to see how far they can go. But uh, as long as they don't take too much pressure over the bad, you know, career, so. It's never easy because everybody's comparing always with me, so it's not very fair. But uh, that's how it goes. Yeah, that's no, that's a very valid point, Tim. I mean, that's true. It makes a lot of sense. Uh, I've seen that, you know, with other players as well and whatnot. But um, you know, we look forward to the Ducks next season. Uh, look forward to seeing you around as well, and uh, we really appreciate you coming on the show. And uh, you know, just wish you the best in everything that you do. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. 
Well, it was great to have uh, Tamu on, Eddie, and uh, you know, uh, yesterday was a treat for people too as well. If you went to the Fedoran Cup, you were able to see him play, and uh, like we talked about in the interview, you know, he had a couple goals and uh, some breakaways, and uh, it was fun to see him out there and skate again. Uh, you know, he had a really good time. He was smiling and and you know, playing with the guys, uh, getting into it with the goalie. Uh, he and Getzloff were messing around too, and Cogano. So it was a good time, Eddie, and uh, I'm glad he could come on the show and uh, talk about everything. I you know I think I think he's lying. I think I think he could still play. <laughs> I think he's enjoying the uh the uh, retirement life a little bit too much. He's, he's he's playing tennis, golf. He's he's going back to Finland. He's in, I think he's enjoying it a little bit too much, but no, he, he I mean he's definitely in shape. He could still play, you know, from the this little bit of clips that I saw of the, of the game yesterday, you know, he looked like he still had it. Um but you know, it, you know, he's still do he he's still doing the stuff he does off the ice, and I mean, it, it's nice to come on and, and be able to to talk to a guy like that, and you know the the you know the the how nice he was to to come on and just talk to us, and, and you know the way he handled that interview and everything is just a testament to you know to the to the type of guy that he is, and you know just a great experience to to talk to a, a guy like that. Yeah, you know, and he's like that too, and you see him in person. You know, uh, last night he was taking photos with people, and and they uh, autographed one of our, our writers' uh, hats. Um, you know, actually the hat from the uh, Ducks Angels uh, night that he wrote, which um, he he signed that one. So he was doing things like that, and uh, just the same kind of thing that you see with him all the time. He's always out there giving back to the fans, which is awesome. And uh, as I mentioned, you know, Ducks night too uh, was this past week, and that was a fun event as well. Uh, if you were able to make it out to that, the Angels actually uh, won that game. They had uh, lost uh, 11 in a row and had uh, gone through a really uh, epic battle in that game, uh, back and forth, uh, giving up the lead, but they ended up pulling it out uh, and beating Seattle in that game. Um, if you didn't get to the game, they do still ha- have the uh, the Ducks hats and jerseys um, maybe at the team store. They had a, a different one than was given out. They had a, a white and red hat. And a jersey as well, and uh, it was just a good event, Eddie. It was fun. It's it's nice to see the Angels and the Ducks, you know, doing events for each other like that. It's good to see the, the Anaheim teams uh, helping each other out. Yeah, it's always nice to see them, and you know, they it shows that the Anaheim Ducks social media and everything is getting more engaged too, which is nice to see. And you know, you might have to worry a little bit about Getzlaff. He did hit a apparently hit a homer in in batting practice. So if uh, if hockey doesn't work out for him, he might have uh, another sport <laughs> to go to. So we kind of got to watch out for that. But you know, it's always nice to see those those events uh, happen. You, we don't see it uh, too too much up here, you know, with the with the Toronto sports and everything like that. So it's nice to see, you know, like the the two Anaheim teams come together and support each other. Yeah, and also, you know, the Ducks are going to have that uh, Angels night as well during the season. So, you know, look for that, and I'm sure they'll have the uh, maybe the warm-up jerseys like they did uh, in, in last season, you know. So that's something to look forward to as the season comes around the corner. And, uh, you know, we got some more updates, too, on some of the other Ducks players and whatnot this week. Uh, newly signed Vermint, um, we got an update that he's going to have a no-movement and a no-trade clause. Uh, as part of his contract, he's actually going to have the the no movement clause for this next season, and then the no trade clause for the following part of the season. And I know some people kind of got an arm, you know, arms up in this, and they're like, "Why are we doing this?" And you know, uh, Murray's been kind of giving these out a little bit, but just so people understand, uh, for the draft or the expansion draft, the no movement clause is going to expire before that 
comes. So what's going to happen is that no trade clause will come into effect, but the no trade clause does not apply. So basically, Eddie Vermette will be exposed. I know it's a little confusing uh, between no movement and no trade clauses, but basically no trade clauses do not uh, mean that a team has to protect their player when the expansion draft comes. Yeah, it's just kind of a... A little bit to work around, uh, you know, being able to keep them now and then expose them for for when the 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 uh, fan, the expansion draft, sorry, when the expansion draft comes around. So, uh, you know, a little bit behind the scenes work to being able to to free them up for for the expansion draft and to, to kind of, you know, allow us to, like we said last time on the the show, to you know go for that option one where we uh, you know can protect seven forwards, three defensemen, and a goalie, which is you know the ideal situation for us. So I think. You know, it kind of just works around to that. It's it's it is confusing that uh, you know to have a no move clause end at a certain time and then the no trade clause end uh, you know at the end of his contract. But uh, you know, it works out for us. Uh, you know, it, it's uh, you know it's all right with me. Yeah, and, and it's going to work. I mean, obviously, if the Ducks want to go for the seven forward option or option A, they need to expose at least two players. So this is going to help out. And that's why, you know, some people had asked why uh, Jared Bowl was signed through 2017, 2018. And that's part of that reason as well, because you've got to have uh, basically nine forwards signed through that season. So that gets them there, assuming that Raquel is obviously resigned. And, you know, we got a little bit of news about Raquel too this uh, past week. Um, Alexander Steen is out of the uh, World Cup of Hockey. He's not going to be able to play. And it, they've decided to put Ricard Raquel in there, uh, which kind of came with uh, some mixed feelings, Eddie. I mean, uh, some people are really excited because, uh, you know, Raquel gets to go out there and skate and play in this. Uh, tournament and then other people are like well you know you don't want him to get hurt so there's kind of both of these things uh, what do you think I mean you know he's going to get to go out there and get the opportunity uh, do you have any concerns or uh, what are your thoughts well you know there's there's always a concern when any player goes and plays in a tournament right before the season that they could get hurt you know it for the Ducks, we've got Getzlaff, Kessler, Gibson, Vaughton, and Silverberg, and now Raquel all going to be at that tournament. So it is a little bit worrying in that aspect that you know we have most of our core playing in this tournament. If if any of them gets hurt, it's gonna it's gonna hurt the Ducks in, in the long run and in the short term. But it, it's good for him. You know he's going to be ready to go for the season. Hopefully before he goes, he can sign a contract. Um, but you know if he if he doesn't he's not going to be the only guy you know Johnny Goodrow is going to play for Team USA while he's still a restricted free agent for the Calgary Flames so it doesn't necessarily mean he's going and now he's going to sign a contract before he goes um, you know obviously we we'd all hope uh, that he would and you know we could get that off our back and especially he could get that off his back and and just play focus on pay, uh, playing for Sweden but. You know, I think it's good news. It it shows that you know when we first heard the rosters, we expected him to get named, and he he didn't get put on the team. It shows that you know he they thought about him, and and he was kind of on the on the fringe when they first announced the roster. So it's nice to to see him be rewarded for such a good season last year. You know, and what do you think? Uh, we you know we can kind of go into the fan questions now about some of the stuff. But one of the fans asked, uh, his name is Felix. He asked about the World Cup of Hockey, and you know everyone's making a big deal about it, and and he's and he's confused. He's like, you know, why why is it such a big deal? You know, we have the Olympics already. Um, we have all these different teams, and what does it all mean? And uh, for the, those of you that don't know, the uh, World Cup of Hockey, um, it doesn't really have a set timetable. Uh, you know, they had it in 1996, they had it in 2004, they now have it obviously this year, and uh, they had it before uh, as another tournament, uh, you know, based in, in a Canada type deal. So, I mean, it's kind of changed around a little bit. 
Um, it's kind of an added thing. Um, what do you think, Eddie? You think it's you know pointless, or do you think it's you know an added bonus and it's exciting? You know, there's been kind of a mixed reaction as to uh, this tournament that's coming up. I think it's exciting because we get to see hockey earlier. Um, you know, you get to see all the best players play. You get to see a couple new teams like Team Europe and Team North America. I think it's exciting in that aspect. Obviously. You know anything the NHL does and markets, they're trying to make money off of. So you know, I'm not, I'm not worried about that. I'm not mad about that. You know, the only issue is, is what you already mentioned is, is I'm, you know, I don't want any of these guys to get hurt. Um, it's right before the start of the season. And I think that's the main issue for a lot of people is we're seeing all the top players or most of the top players. Um, in the NHL, go out and play in this tournament, and if any of them get hurt, you know the fan base right away is going to hate that tournament. You know, if Connor McDavid goes out for Team North America and he gets hurt, Oilers fans are going to hate the tournament. If Sidney Crosby goes out for Team Canada and he gets hurt, Penguins fans are going to hate the tournament. You know, it, it all depends uh, how the the players you know play throughout the tournament. If they if somebody gets hurt, you know the, the that fan base isn't going to like it. You know, as it stands right now, I, that's the only thing I worry about. Um, but you know you can't be really mad at the NHL for trying to generate more revenue through through this tournament. You know they've been they do it all the time, so it, it's not something that worries me too much. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, I think obviously they're trying to make money. They have you know the newer jerseys and whatnot, and the things that they're going to do. And I, you know, I'd be more concerned if it was an every year thing. I think the fact that you know ninety six, two thousand four, now two thousand sixteen, you know, I'm not too upset that they're doing it again. It's it's not an every year, every other year occurrence. It's not even every four years like the Olympics. So to me, that part I don't worry about as much. And I agree with you. I think the injury thing is the thing. You know, if Raquel goes out there, and for Raquel, you know, his situation is a lot different, obviously, than most of these other players. He still hasn't been re-signed with the Ducks yet. So for him. It's kind of a, a risk, Eddie, because if he goes out there and he plays really well, that you know bodes well for him. But then if he goes and he gets hurt, that not only does it hurt his contract, but it hurts the Ducks too because now he's playing in this tournament that you know doesn't count for anything in terms of the NHL season. So it is a little bit of, uh, of a risk on Raquel's part, Eddie. Yeah, and like you said, if he does play well, you know that bodes well for him in signing a contract. If he doesn't sign one before he goes, but if he if he plays bad. You know that that kind of works into the favor for the Ducks. I don't think it really changes too much. You know, if he plays bad or if he plays well, I think more so if he you know was the leading scorer on the team, then, it, then you know that might affect the contract situation. But you know, I think they're they they have to be relatively close in their numbers right now in their term, and I think they're just working out all the final details. I I wouldn't expect it to take too much longer. You know, we're almost at the end of August. You would hope that by August 31st that they'd both be signed, but or at least before before a rookie camp, but you never know. So it, it, it's something that uh, you know we're we're still waiting on, and you know he could go into the the tournament uh, without a contract. Yeah, I think you're right, though. I think I mean it's got to be getting close. Like you said, we're, we're here in September, towards the end of September now, and uh, something's got to you know give. I mean, you also have Lindholm as well out there. And, you know, depending on, on which website you look at, but if you look at uh, Cap Friendly, the Ducks are around $7 million, uh, you know, that they're saying in cap space. So, uh, you know, something's going to happen. I, you know, one thing I thought maybe, but I, I don't know if it would go down, would be maybe a bridge deal for Raquel, like we had talked about before, but also one maybe for Lindholm. But 
I don't really see that happening, though, Eddie. I, I think with Lemieux as the agent and whatnot, they're going to be pushing to get a long-term contract. So I think it kind of goes along the line of you know some of the other stuff we talked about, whether there's going to be more trades or signings. And I think something else definitely has to happen or if the Ducks are going to keep both these guys. Yeah, and, and we've mentioned it before and, and how it's going to be a kind of a domino effect and if a trade's going to happen, you know, the amount of fan questions we get every week and, you know, the Ducks going to trade Fowler, who are they going to trade, you know, are they going to trade somebody to free up cap space, you know, we really don't know. Uh, I mean, we can only speculate, we, we've, you know, we've come up with it, what seems like millions of different possibilities <laughs> yes. that the Ducks could do, I mean... We all know they ha- they would ha- they, what looks like they have to trade somebody on defense. There, there's too many guys, you know, sitting uh, on the on the blue line right now, especially on the left side. You know, Stoner's an option they could trade. Dupre's an option. Fowler's an option. We've been hearing these, you know, every month in and out of, uh, on different questions, and you know, it, it's just something we're gonna have to wait for. And you know, it, it's unfortunate that the contracts and the trades kind of hinge on each other right now because it makes you know doing making a deal uh, harder on the GM. And you know, we can only imagine what uh, Murray's trying to do right now to get you know these two core players signed, but also try and find that left wing that he talked about. And it's it's never it still hasn't changed. I, I mean, I'm getting sick of saying it every week that it's kind <laughs> of a wait and see thing, but. You know, it's it's hard to say anything else right now. We 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 can speculate and say, you know, Dupre or Stoner are going to be traded to relieve cap space, or Fowler is going to finally be traded for for that top line left wing, or Lindholm won't sign a contract and he might get traded. But you know, we're just fueling the flame. It, it anything could happen, and you know, we just kind of have to wait. Well, you know what's funny is you talk about anything can happen, and this is kind of another question that uh, we had Felix ask us about, and this is something that. Uh, I don't know if we talked about it on a previous podcast, but we've you and I have definitely talked about it, and so have other people on the staff too. But uh, Felix brings up this question about whether or not the Ducks should take one of the defensemen and play them as a forward. So you know, forget the trade and all this other stuff. But what about you know? Okay, we get Raquel Lindholm, get those knocked out, figured out. However, we do, but moving a forward, uh, I'm sorry, a defenseman into a forward spot. And I think it's an interesting thing, Eddie. I, I mean, I don't think a lot of the Ducks defensemen could do it. But one interesting one would be Vatanen if they were to do that. I mean, I'm not saying that it's something the Ducks should do, but it's definitely something to look at. I mean, you've seen Tampa Bay do it for a while now. You've seen a few other teams do it for a while now. Um, what do you think, Eddie? you think that's something that the Ducks might try and do since, you know, they've got eight or nine defensemen, and you know, if you count uh, Shea Theodore as well in the mix? Yeah, I... Uh... It's possible not many defensemen can do it. You know, we've seen Buffalo do it with Winnipeg and obviously with Chicago before. You know, Brent Burns has done it uh, before in the past. Uh, you know, those are the only two that really come to mind. I know Tampa did it with Sue Schuster uh, to play him on the fourth line, but that was mostly because they had a lot of injuries up front. Um, so you don't see it often. And really, in my opinion, there's not many defensemen who could do it. I, I feel like Eric Carlson could probably do it if he wanted to. Um, you know, I think Vatanen could do it. Um, but you know, it's it's hard for me to believe that they would sign him to to a you know a contract and then say, okay, we're gonna play you at forward instead <laughs> of instead of defense this year. Um, you know, for a couple games, if there's an injuries, I could see it happening. But to see him start the season at forward, I don't think it's possible. I think they would rather bring up you know Stefan Nason or or keep Nick Ritchie up or bring up Cordillas or do something along those lines. I I, I don't see it being a, a real possibility. But you know, if anybody was going to come up and play forward from the blue line, I think it would have to be him. 
Yeah, I agree. I, I don't think, especially with Carlisle behind the bench, I really don't think it's a possibility. Um, you know, unlike, uh, like you said, uh, if someone gets hurt, maybe then that could happen. But yeah, of all of them, I would think it would be Botnan. But yeah, you're right. It is kind of interesting. Hey, we signed you this big contract, but hey, we're going to have you play offense. Everyone would be like, what? What? What are you talking about? But um, yeah, I think that's the only real kind of situation that you would see that happen. I still think the Ducks are going to go out there and, and do something where they're going to, you know, whether or not they go for another player, they go for some prospects, whatever they do to kind of open up that cap, because that's what they're going to have to do. Uh, like I said, unless they were able to do two bridge deals, which I really highly doubt that would be possible, because I just don't see that happening with Lindholm. With Raquel, I, that could be a good chance that that happens, but um with Lindholm I don't see it I, I think the Ducks would have to do that and then like we talked about too on the podcast before is uh, Nate Thompson he's probably not going to be back till close to the trade deadline they, they can put him on long-term injury reserve also get his 1.6 million in cap back and then basically what would happen is the Ducks however all the players wind up obviously going through the season but they could figure that all out you know, come the trade deadline, Eddie, if, if Nate Thompson was to come back and then, you know, at that point, for some reason, they were over the cap. Yeah, and, you know, one thing that has been updated uh, since last time we did the podcast actually is looking on cap friendly. Our cap space is actually a little bit higher than it was last time. I'm not sure what has changed, but we're actually at currently sitting at seven and a half million, which is, you know, about 700,000 more than we, we thought we had before, which does make things a little bit easier. But like you said, if you you most likely have to put Nate Thompson on the long-term injured reserve for now, and you free up, you know, a couple million or a million and a half there. And right now, that sets us at about nine. And you would think you'd be able to get Raquel and Lindholm done. You know, if Lindholm, I'm sorry, if uh, Raquel is looking for a bridge deal, um, but then that limits you in, in in making a trade from there. And you know, hopefully, right now, that means that they have enough space to get these these contracts signed. Um, and then from there, I think it'll be a lot easier for them to work out who they're going to trade and, and what they're going to bring in. But you know, it, it, it it's a tough one. It's a tough one to, to, to see and to work out from behind the scenes. And I can only imagine what they're, they're going through right now trying to get these two key players signed. Yeah, I totally agree. And, you know, one other fan question we, we had, too, was about going back to the, um, the free agent uh, signings and whether or not, you know, the Ducks would do that. And, I mean, you know, I, I just don't really see it happening right now. I think it's going to you know, hang out and, and they're going to try and figure out what to do as far as the trading and the cap and the re-signing the players. And like you and I talked about, once they got Vermette, kind of really ended the deal as far as them trying to get more free agents. I mean, like we talked about, we would have liked Yuri Hudler, but I, I just, I, unless something crazy happens and Lindholm gets, you know, traded or something, I just, I just don't really see, see that happening. I, I think they're going to stay away from signing any more free agents, Eddie. Yeah, and, and really if you're looking for that elite, level I you know I'm not saying Yuri Hoodler's elite but that top six level forward really the only one left is Yuri Hoodler at least a, as a as a UFA you know there obviously are some RFAs who are available but really there's there's no trade that could be really worked out and especially the contracts that these guys are going to command obviously Johnny Goodrow is a restricted free agent Nikita Kucherov is a restricted free agent as well but you would expect both teams to to get those guys signed or even if any trade or deal was to happen you know the the cap that they'd be looking at six seven million is not something the Ducks can afford to take on anyway. So you know I don't see a free agent signing happening. You know the obviously we can't can't say it will never happen. You know there there obviously are plenty of situations that could be worked out where the Ducks would be able to free up enough cap space to to sign a free agent. But 
you know, if we're hoping to keep Lindholm and Raquel, I just don't see it really being a possibility. Yeah, I agree. And uh, as we've said before, we're going to hopefully see some action here in the next couple of weeks. As uh, you know, it's the end of August, uh, the beginning of September, and uh, the preseason is going to be coming up here soon. So uh, as soon as we hear anything, obviously we'll report it and uh, post it out there for you guys. And you know, a couple other little things that happened with the Ducks uh, this past week—not uh, some big stuff, but you know, some little things. Um, you had some coaching changes going on, Eddie. You had uh, Dwayne Rollison um, ended up stepping down as the Ducks goalie coach. Uh, looked like he wanted to do more of a part-time role, um, which was reported out there as as opposed to a full-time role. So he stepped down, and then uh, Mahari stepped up from the San Diego Goals, and he is now the goaltending coach for the Ducks. So a little bit of movement there. Um, you know, I don't know too much about him, uh, but I know that he's very familiar with you know all the Ducks goalies, Gibson, um, former Anderson as well, and the other ones that are down as far as in San Diego too. So I, th- I think it's a good move, and I think it'll work out. I don't, I don't think we'll see too much of a change, but it's just a little update there, Eddie, uh, in the coaching area of the Ducks team. Yeah, I think it's good that they they bring up. But, uh, you know, with Vols stepping down, that they bring in a guy who who's worked with Gibson before, um, you know, obviously it's going to help him. He's going to hopefully be our number one this year. And I think Maharaj is definitely going to, you know, bring that familiarity for, for Gibson and that. And then obviously with John Francois LeBay now being the goaltender coach in San Diego, that will help stabilize the situation down there. And, you know, it's not a big move. It's not something we're going to really see. But, you know, from behind the scenes, it could really help uh, build Gibson's confidence for sure. And uh, one other, you know, minor news out there too is uh, Tim Jackman. You know, he's going to go back to school. He announced so. Um, you know, he he said that he had to have some back surgery and had some issues going on as far as trying to play. Um, you know, another season and whatnot. So you know, that's good for him. I'm glad. You know, he's going to go back to his school in Minnesota and uh, get his you know undergraduate degree. And then he talked about maybe possibly either teaching or uh, doing something as far as along the lines of coaching and hockey. So I'm glad to see that. You know, and it's kind of a good lesson for you know a lot of people that uh, are coming up in sports, not just hockey but other sports, Eddie, because a lot of times you see players. You know, they they play sports for who knows two years, ten years, whatever. But it's nice to have that degree uh, after your professional uh, sporting career to you know go into something else and and do something uh, beyond uh, sports when the time comes. Yeah, well, like you said, you're only a professional athlete for so long, and you know it could end with a career-ending injury, and then you're stuck doing nothing. So. Uh, you know, uh, it would be good for him to go back to school and, and get that done. You know, another guy I saw do that lately was Colton Pareko for for the St. Louis Blues. He's like, well, obviously a lot younger than Jackman, but he finished uh, his degree in the summer, so he has something to fall back on if hockey doesn't work out. And I think it's it's good for any athlete to do that, like you said. You know, just to have that option if something was to go wrong, or if you decided you just didn't want to play whatever sport you're playing anymore even after even if you play like Solani you play 20 like 20 25 years in in the (laughs) NHL or in any sport you have you know the option to do something after if you want so I think you know it's 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 good for any athlete to do that that's for sure and uh one last update really for the week um that came out was uh JD Power did a study a fan study and they looked at the teams, and I know a lot of people don't like this, but they looked at the teams in the L.A. market, which, I mean, Orange County, unfortunately, gets absorbed into that. But in looking at that market, 
the uh, the Ducks came out number one, Eddie, in all the rankings, and also the Angels came out higher than the Dodgers. So for those of you that are Angels and Ducks fans, I mean, I know it's a study, but it's just interesting to see them come out both both higher. And, and you know, the Ducks, they came out number one in everything, Eddie. Uh, I mean, I was really amazed that looking at these uh, categories that they had on here, you know, they look at uh, seating, uh, game experience, security, um, you know, leaving and coming to the game, uh, food, ticket prices, and souvenirs. So, uh, kind of a good thing for the Ducks. You know, we're we're number one there uh, in this uh, L.A. market, quote unquote. Yeah, and it's good for for such a young franchise to to have that as well under under their belt to to be you know number one in, in fan experience. I think that's something they really focus on. You know, I've only been to Honda Center once, and I, I notice a big difference from a lot of the arenas that I've been to. Uh, in Canada, the the difference between the fan experience, you know, you go to the ACC and you you kind of feel disconnected. Um, you know, I, I don't think they do that personally, but it, it's just the way it is, and especially with the Toronto Maple Leafs and the ACC. And you know, not to say that I've been there enough to even to even judge it, but you know, you can see the difference in, in the way they engage the fans and the stuff they do on and off the ice. And I can even see it, you know, through social media and, and through people's uh, fan reactions and everything. You can just see the, the the hard work that they do, and I think it's it's good for them not only to be number one. Um, in the LA region, I know a while ago, and I think that we talked about this way back last year, where where I saw something on Sportsnet where they were up in, in in the top of all sports uh, in, in fan experience, mm-hmm. and they're up there with with the Seattle uh, in the NFL and a couple other teams. And I think San Antonio Spurs were up there as well, and the Ducks were up in in the top five. So you know, I think something they they really pride themselves on, and you know, and, and with uh, with on ice success, it, it could get even better. Yeah, you're right. I mean, and they've done a lot. You know, uh, you know, you know, all the fans remember. But I mean, obviously, the new big screen, uh, the terrace level on the second um, level of the arena, the uh, the team store. They've improved that. I mean, there's a lot of things that the Ducks organization has done very, very well. You know, even the decorations they've done um, with the uh, the banners and the surfboards and different things. More of the uh, TVs too, changing the food. I mean, they've really done you know a great amount of things. So. It's it's nice to see them come out in the study uh, on top and and just for those of you that are asking the the way that the study ranked it out is the ducks were uh, number one the way the points were done is each of those categories was a thousand points and the ducks averaged uh, eight hundred and three points and then going down uh, the L A Galaxy was second the uh, Los Angeles Lakers were third then the Angels, then the Kings, then the Clippers and the Dodgers. And for those of you that are asking about the Rams, well, obviously the Rams weren't on there because they weren't in L.A. last year. But they they did mention in the study how the team's popularity has grown um, just in that you know, you saw the first preseason game. They almost had ninety thousand people there at the Coliseum. So it'll be interesting to see how the Rams pan out in this this um, you know study come next year as well. So it's just some good news. You know, it's it's nice to see that the the Ducks and you know, of course, that the Angels are up there as well uh, in this study. And um, you know, with that, uh, we're gonna end the show, and uh, we'll be back hopefully next week with you know maybe some more bigger transaction news other than some of the minor stuff that's happened this last week. But uh, those of you that came out to the Fedoran Cup, it was good to see all of you. We had a really good time. Uh, those of you that have not gone, I highly encourage that you go uh, next year. It's a good event to help raise money to fight cancer, and it's just a good benefit for everybody. So hopefully, maybe you can come to that in the next uh, year future years as well and uh, that's going to be it we'll wrap up the show and we'll see you in a week let's go ducks 
and was knocked down. Now Domi flips it high. Solani goes after it. Timo Solani breaks it. He scores!